I always remember people arguing, like, I think even I've had family members say this, like, well, you don't want like a woman for president because they'd be too emotional and they probably set off the nuclear you know, launch. Cause I'm like, wasn't every war started by a man <laughs> because they had like either, you know, small dick syndrome or they got their feelings hurt. Like at no point was it like, Oh, men were having a cool, you know, collected <laughs> conversations for m- millennia. You no, know, I think we're at the end of <laughs> this. We should go to war. Yeah. <laughs> Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians, we are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep to the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two ex-unwilling ushers. Scott, did you ever have to usher um, in church? I did, in in many capacities. There was a couple different ways to be an usher. There was bulletin passer outer at the front front door. These are are confessions of ushers. Confessions of, confessions of ushers omg yeah not the cool usher confessions that everyone <laughs> wants to hear nope. <laughs> really lame slightly fundamentalist church ushers uh describe um, ushering like what it what it was for everybody who yeah was, so yeah. usually it was just like a volunteer role that you'd have in a church and you'd grab um typically men i don't know sometimes we'd have the ladies do it but almost always it was like older dads that just needed to do something yeah um and their whole deal is just passing shit around the pews so whether it's communion they're doing the whole communion dance of passing the wafers and little wine couplets around and when it came to the tithing and offering plates passing those and there's a very coordinated dance it's like watching you know true poetry in motion yeah just kidding it's just a bunch of frumpy dads like <laughs> walking around. <laughs> but did you ever uh, did you usher yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we ushered every now and then. I think we went through a spree where like the college ministry at my church would do the uh, offering plate passing, which I honestly think makes sense. Um, why <laughs> why make the people who are old and rich uh, pass the money and not the people like? You're gonna pass it down a line of kids that are in student debt already. Like, what <laughs> money do you think you're gonna get? Um, it is a weird <laughs> thing, the offering plate. Like, if you think about it, it's like it's a public. You gotta either place money in it or like a little check thing, or you have like the offering. We always plate laughed whenever it came cards. down the college row because it was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It just like gets like. How it came in is how it was going out. 
did you ever have like the efficiency where it's like if only like two people were in a row and like no one was going to tithe could you like wave off the usher like yeah we would do that sometimes like it'd be like just college kids i remember doing that and i would like wave off the usher like ain't getting nothing over here <laughs> <Yeah>. buddy like <laughs> oh yeah for sure like uh whenever there was like one of us that was one of us who was doing the offering plate we would like kind of look down the aisle and look at everybody and they'd like give us the nod of like yeah yeah and we'd be like all right let's skip this over yeah we, we got places to be we gotta get to lunch we can't just pass down but it would t- sometimes take forever especially if you have like a packed crowd you have to do the the s pattern so you had you know dad one on on the left side of the <laughs> yeah. aisle and dad two on the right side of the aisle and it had to be coordinated sometimes there'd be a collision of plates in the middle if they sent it down and that's just one, embarrassing and then like no one that's on the stat board after <laughs> you know, they, they go back and review at the end of the day <laughs> do you think th- there has to be churches that have film and watch film of their performances jerry you should have shuffled more you got to push up with your hands <laughs> to really get in there behind the <laughs> shoulder blades <laughs> god the uh i think that catholic church has a little bit more serious usher um game yeah holly's uncles they've been ushers for like the last like 65 years and they don't know a, a lick about catholicism <laughs> they just go and show up and they sit in the back there's actually like a special room that they sit in. Like yeah. it's kind of like a green room for ushers and they'll just chill there. It's his way of getting out of service. That's what I found out is he just doesn't have to sit through mass. He can just hang out there, have a cup of coffee, have a donut. Then they ring the bell. He comes upstairs. I think they have the basket with a stick. So they kind of like move it down, you know, one aisle at a time. But uh, he's never attended mass in 60 years. Thanks to uh, ushering. So ushering. So. I went to Thanks, a Mormon church one time. <laughs> Whoa. It was in college. Me and I met this Mormon. I was like, hey, I'll go to Mormon church if you go to Baptist church. And he was like, okay. Um, wow. We did kind of a trade-off. Like, he came to our service, and then his service was actually, like, later in the day. So I was able to go out and, like, eat and, and go, like, around 3 or whatever. And I drove over. Mormons are hella evangelical like evangelicals are evangelical but mormons like uh especially if they're on mission uh which this guy is dripping everything was dripping everything is dripping that that mormon (laughs) drip they have the absolute fantastic drip (laughs) so uh we go to the mormon church and they don't do uh any sort of communion wine or communion grape juice it's just straight up water and that is like the only that. just one. yeah that and so the only two things i the three things i remember is one the the water for communion two uh they had a song called praise the man which <laughs> is about joseph smith um love it love that for him yep. <laughs> <laughs> And then the third one was this uh, girl goes up and she starts talking about going to temple, um, which temple is just their re-indoctrination, basically. Nice. Uh, you just go there and you – the Mormons won't tell you what goes on. Um, so it's very hush-hush, which is a little – Secret yeah, club. Uh, a little shysty. Um, <laughs> but she gets up and she talks about, you know – how horrible she was and how she was, you know, doing all this stuff. And then she went to temple and now she's, you know, 
back and saved as a Mormon or whatever. Yeah, it got off topic, but that's that was the weirdest uh, experience <laughs> regarding ushering. Okay, so Mormon ushers, Mormon yeah. Ushers. Um, everybody was dressed fine except this one dude who was in a leather jacket, and he was taking attendance. Leather jacket? Yeah, he was in like a leather bomber jacket, um, and he was just walking around just like, right, you, 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 you. And I was like, Sterling, what's he doing? Um, and Sterling was like, oh, he's tracking attendance. He's attendance to see who all's here and i'm like we just kind of did a quick glance at the audience and just <laughs> ballparked it it was like ah, 150 thousand <laughs> we're concerned who was here who wasn't um speaking of usher um there's a new <laughs> musical nice sensation out there Perfect execution. <laughs> uh, her name is Flamey Grant. She's a drag yes. queen Christian musician. Apparently at the top of the Christian charts, which I don't know what that means anymore to be at the top of the Christian yeah. charts. I don't know if there's a single. I don't really don't know what it means to be at the top of the charts, period, to be perfectly honest. Is there a chart like an airport that just I think you just, off? like, you can select your own genre, but then if other people, like, if other people listen to you, you get pushed up. And yeah. so I think like this is a matter of she is a Christian artist, but other people are listening to her because they're not Christian. Um, me, me yeah. for example, I listened to her the other day. Um, and so I think that's like what is pushing her. Up. That would be my guess was pushing her up only because based on the national profile around Christians versus you know drag performances i yeah. can't imagine there are that many people it's getting played that much on k-love i i'm curious if it is on christian radio stations maybe in some towns i, I am uh i see it's the number one itunes christian album um what uh after a right-wing preacher rebuked her on twitter so yes the scandal certainly helped elevate um the visibility because i i never heard of her until just this past week um, one of the songs popped up on my TikTok, and it's it's very good. It's not like yeah. a it's not like a hyper pop like what you kind of imagine of like drag queen like you know it's like a worship song, um, kind of like a more somber uh, like story to tell. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of I'm curious the conversation that's going around churches now about specifically Flamey Grant like if this is I would imagine, like, my church growing up, this would be on the band list. Like, you would just be like, oh, well, that's impossible. Like, you can't dress like yeah. that and be a Christian artist. Impossible. Those two are exclusive of each other. Well, I think it's hilarious. Did you ever listen to Derek Webb at all? Um, no, not really. Derek Webb had a uh, – I, I got into Derek Webb late in college. and nice. Yeah. Got really into him. Um, and – uh my our college intern was like all right be careful like he was just like i like Dirk webb i like his music our uh college intern guy was uh very much like a you know i like all music this out of the other um but he was just like just you know take him with a grain of salt type stuff but he had one mm -hmm. where he one song where he just straight up says uh fuck in the middle of it and then the line after is like some of you are just more held up on that rather than what my song is actually about um and so it's of no surprise to me that Derek webb 
that that's who he is. He's kind of this like Michael Gunger style person mm-hmm. uh, with uh, who isn't afraid to like bump the road. Um, yeah. And just kind of doesn't give a shit is now recording with a Christian drag queen. Um, oh, interesting. Cause he's yeah. on the top song uh, that you'll find on Spotify. The like, Oh, so they collab together. Yeah. Ah, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm looking up some more about Flamey Grant. So they were a worship leader for 22 years prior to this, which makes sense in my book. Um, yeah. I think they, yeah, here they, they mentioned that um, they did folk music for a while right before this as well. So clearly a long hi- uh, history of music um, and a lot of church shame and guilt yeah. cooked into that so this well, <laughs> is like this is just the more exasperated version of uh katie perry getting pushed out because hmm. pushed out of being a christian artist because she was going down that road but then producers told her her boobs were too big oh my god well i think what's interesting about this though is that she's keeping the christian label yeah. And like they're still Christian. Like Katy Perry was like, okay, I'm just done making Christian yeah, music exactly. and just start making pop yeah. music. Like where, I think what's really interesting about this is that, uh, you know, Flamey Grant could just say, all right, I'm just done with all this. I'm tired of people judging me, and I'm just gonna make my own music. But she's specifically saying, I want to make worship music. I want to make Christian music that people can essentially worship God with, which is such a fascinating conversation to have nowadays, where. I love the, the the kind of definition of drag is like you're born naked and everything else is drag. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's like people are now dealing with the conversation of what is too much dress up for a man and what is too much dress up for a woman. Yeah. That's really what we're having. Like drag is that conversation and people make it way more sexualized and like disturbing than it needs to be of the conversation when really just coming down to what can you put on your face and your body that makes you who you are? And why does it matter what things you put on? So it's fascinating to me that like, you know, by calling yourself a drag queen and a worship artist, you're essentially just saying like, I can just dress however the hell I want and I can still make worship music. The Puritans Um, you quote wore wigs and heels. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I just don't. It's dress up. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous. Um, I want to pose this question to you. Um, Okay. So, Flamey Grant, that's a nod to Amy Grant. Um, if you were a drag Christian artist, <laughs> what would your what would your name be? Oh, man. It'd probably be um, Michael <laughs> Wiener Smith. Michael Wiener Smith. Michael W. Smith. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd have a whole band, and I'd be the Gaither Mothers. <laughs> that's great <laughs> their mothers oh man i've never thought about that if i had to have a drag name especially as a christian artist yeah. oh who are like some other titans of like 90s christian worship i mean we have like amy grant uh I car woman <laughs> steph carman <laughs> oh my gosh that one went over <laughs> my head i was like I was like, you could be Carmen car and spell woman. it actually Carmen or <laughs> Car Woman. Oh, that's that's really good. <laughs> oh man, 
that that whole era of music is something like it was really tame too yeah um i don't know like i never really got into that scene like i, I didn't really own a lot of my first like worship christian album was probably like mercy me that was probably and i was already getting into more like the rock rock bandish kind of stuff it wasn't like it didn't feel like a sunday service you know worship because that was how like more like music sounded like her see me <laughs> bussy me <laughs> mercy she i'm sorry mercy she mercy mercy she, oh, she. mercy it. she there it is <laughs> damn this is fun <laughs> oh my goodness all right well the news gals <laughs> yeah <laughs> Great. You have a gift. You have a gift, Evan. The news. I so badly want to see the news gals now. Oh, this is so great. I'm trying to think of other worship bands now. Uh, Christina Tomlin. But... Christina Stanfill. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what about, uh, like, Hillsong worship? Would it just be like. Her song. Amazing. Speaking of her song, (laughs) we're going to be talking about uh, one of the most upsetting, controversial, um, taken out of context passages in the Bible. And that's Ephesians 5. And we're going to take it out of context, too. And we're also (laughs) going to not do it as due diligence. So. Uh, we're going to talk about the roles of wives and husbands no. and why women need to just shut the hell up in church. <laughs> the The opinions and statements of Scott Moran do not reflect the opinions and statements of everybody involved in this podcast. I'm just reading the Bible, everyone. I'm just reading verbatim uh, right here in the message version. <laughs> so yeah, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 22, uh, starts off, wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband (laughs) (laughs) for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body so let's pause already getting into it pausing what growing up did this mean to you as a kid um it meant you just take direction from the husband i think i took it pretty plainly it was a matter of okay who's the boss in the house it's the man that's essentially how it was taught to me anytime this was um preached upon but i don't know if i went super deep into that as a as a kid i think i kind of developed a different understanding of what submitting to another looked like as i was growing more in my faith like through my high school and college years but initially it was proposed as Okay, women just have to like follow their husband's lead. What would you um, say decisions they make? What would you say as you grew? What would you say submission meant? <sighs> it was probably more of like a you collaborate with each other, but there are ugh, this is like almost like gross to revisit my brain now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like you collaborate but Essentially, there are like natural roles that God has assigned. That's what this comes down to yeah. is that God has given a natural leadership ability to men and a more servant 
servitude, like servitude and uh, dare I say submissive attitude to women. So it comes down to, and this is what sucks about it is that you could even say, yeah, my wife has great ideas, but at the end of the day, whoever's going to pull the trigger or actually execute the plan or make the decision has to be the man. I think the most ridiculous example of this I ever encountered was my youth minister. It wasn't my youth minister, I should say. Like uh, he got, I was kind of already on the way out. I was like, I was yeah. I was in my senior year of high school, and I was in my senior year of high school, and then you know they hired him, and he he and I were basically co youth ministers at that point. Um. I was just volunteering, but he was, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, Lana or whatever her name was, whatever his wife's name was, uh, she's like, she works, but like, since I'm the man, you know, uh, our finances primarily come from me and then everything else. That come was from a, her. Some, a weird thing and, that came out of this too, was like the financial. Yeah. Aspect. And I was like, in what world does that make sense? I was like, I looked at him kind of weird. I was like, really? I was like, Lana is a nurse. You or a youth minister part-time and your other part-time gig <laughs> is doing anti-tobacco yeah. classes mm-hmm. that can't be making you a lot of money. There's, there's some strange vibe with Christian men where they have to be the breadwinner in the households or else it's not a holy and uh christian household like the man has to be providing the most money otherwise that w- that was a thing like i remember there was certain people would look down on couples if they found out like well she's a doctor and he is just like you know i don't know he works at panera <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and people like like be snooty about that like ugh, like which that's, yeah. that's just not right even outside of christian culture that exists oh absolutely it does yeah, yeah. It is. Um, but i think christian culture is I wouldn't know if it's necessarily the origin, but certainly mm-hmm. a source of this, uh, you know, dynamic that they're pushing is okay. Well, men have to be making more money than wives, or otherwise they're just not real men. I, I think that's the, what it comes down to. But it's hilarious because uh, both pastors that I talked to um, about like stuff like this, somehow the conversation came up. One of them was like, yeah, well, when I was in seminary, he was like, my wife was my sugar mama. He was like, it was the way it had to be. He was like, it's, you know, and it's completely fine. And so that's, this is one of those instances where more is being pulled from this verse than intended. Um, By all means, I'm not sticking up for the verse. (laughs) No, I think anybody, yeah. From this podcast, <laughs> hopefully people realize we're not uh, trying to defend the Bible. Oh my here, god! But, but like, object like this is where it's like, okay, like objectively, the verse is saying a lot, and it's saying a lot that can cause problems. It's saying a lot it's, that does. It's cause certainly problems. one of the more direct passages about yeah. roles. Where, I mean, it just says submit to your husband. But Scott, but Scott, <laughs> what about the rest of it where it talks about husbands? Oh That's yeah, what, yeah. We should keep oh going. My God, like, we're out of context. We're, we're so, so stupid. Dumb. Oh my, oh my God, we're just dumb. Well, let's get some more context. Go ahead, Evan. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives are su- to submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, so maybe that's where the financial stuff comes from. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. so that's, okay, so finances, everything, finances, okay. sex, everything, anything you name it. 
Husbands,、okay. love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. So, see, there's more for the husband to do. Yeah, we do so much more. Yeah. Like, they. Yeah, women submit and they have to do everything we say, but we have to love them, you know, and like send them flowers、yeah. every couple months. Because if we do, if a half hearted note, if we don't love them, then people are going to think they're ugly. <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets kind of icky. I don't know if that's what it's saying, Evan. It sounds like it's saying that if we don't love them, they're just going to be. <laughs> Covered in spots and wrinkles and blemishes. Oh, sorry. And no I meant lepers. I, they're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was taking the verse out of context entirely. Here, I need to take it in context and say that if, we're, if I'm not doing. If I'm not properly leading the house or whatever, and I'm not making the most money, and you know, the decisions aren't coming through me. Then people are going to look at my wife like she's got 7,000 boils on her skin. <laughs> What does it like really mean to like lead the house? Like, that's another, that's a whole nother discussion. But like, was my family off? Like, or did every other family have like a Brady Bunch family meeting every morning and like the dad ran it with like a whiteboard and they had like an execution plan for the day? No. Is that what it is? No house I knew of ever was like definitely lit. Like, I couldn't, I, if I pointed to it, I'd be like, that's led by a man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, and it's not like, I would hesitate to say that it's like solely led by the wife, but at the same time, it, like, my dad gets mad. My mom doesn't care. My mom gets mad. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody cares. So, <laughs> so, like, who? I'm not、yeah. to say who's really in charge, but like, who, like, on some level, like,、uh, there's an authority there. Someone's doing most of the work, and then you upset that person, and it's like, all right, well, you know. Family dynamics have changed throughout the years.、Yep. That's obvious. But we, we now live in a society where. I would say most people want to have a collaborative relationship、yeah. that they actually see each other as two human beings, <laughs> like working towards goals together. And the problem started arising when people realized that women were assigned all the housework for years. Like, oh, you have to rear the children, you have to do all the dishes, you have to make meals. And the husband's just supposed to go out and have a job. But when that got flipped on its head in the last couple hundred years,、yeah. thanks to, I don't know, world, women's、yeah. rights. <laughs> women's rights, World War II, like、yeah. the industrial age, like where it was no longer men go out to farm, women rear the children. Now it was like, men are off at war, who does whatever at home? Like,、right. how, how do you. Yeah, that's a good who, point. Who makes the tires? Like, who makes the actual shit that they're going to use? And so, yeah, that like, it, so all of that, like,、uh, was in a boiling pot, or all, all of that was,、mm-hmm. was just like a powder keg to this point. Of now we have 
and we've long had this women in the workforce um and women did rightfully yep. so demanding respect and you know ver- a verse well, from like two thousand years ago uh that's saying the complete opposite yeah it's it's something where it's not that this verse is not getting taken out of the biblical context but we don't have a historical context of what this verse is talking about. So people just assume, well, it's obviously about my wife now, Yeah, you know, I, I got to push her around. I got to, you know, tell her what to do because the Bible says I'm a husband and she's a wife. So I get to lead the charge. But this book was written at a time where women were not seen as like partners in marriage, like no. working towards a goal. It was not a, hi honey, how was your day? <laughs> It was very much like, oh, I'm going to, my daughter's for sale. Do you want to marry her? <laughs> Do you have a five goats? There's, even, there's even speculation that Joseph married Mary to, pre- that he was an elder in his community. Oh, yeah. And that he married her yeah. so people wouldn't think she was a whore. Right. Yeah. Not which- because he loved her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. God knocked her up without <laughs> any foresight. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see the optics coming yeah. down the road. Oh boy, I wonder what people yeah, are going to so, think about this. Uh, I think it's interesting too, the comparisons and what it really says that the men or the husbands in these verses get likened to the perfect God and creator of the universe that there's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong. Like we're supposed to be Christ in this you know, position, which people always would say, well, Christ had it tough. He had to sacrifice everything and put his life on the he line. He also gets worshiped. Exactly. That's the thing that people don't want to talk about is that this first, the real problem is that you're likening men to being perfect and worthy of worship and then you're likening women to sinners. They have flaws and they have to be they have to be redeemed by somebody else yep. to be worthy of something. And the idea in this verse of redeeming that person is not for their own redemption, it's so that you look good. That too. It's not the whole point it says having cleansed her uh that he might present the church to himself in splendor. So it's it comes from a selfish point of view of i'm doing this for my own gain like i i want you pure because i i like you know you're my trophy I, wife for me yeah exactly and that that's the tone of this verse and we have wrestled with this passage for thousands of years now and it's one that it needs to get put on the shelf damn it <laughs> <laughs> like but it's it's stayed in the Bible, and now it's it's in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's keep going. There's a couple other interesting yeah, so, spots. So um, in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. Uh, nice. He who loves his wife loves himself. So fellows, feel free to masturbate. Uh, for no one who ever no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, since we are members of His body. Um, mm. and then it quotes, I believe Genesis, uh, for this reason, yeah. a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. I want to talk about the one flesh thing a little bit. Yeah. So 
um, when I was growing up, I had uh, premarital sex described to me as becoming one flesh and then ripping away. Yikes. That What a definition for a kid. Especially if that's not the person you're marrying. Yeah. Which at that point that's I was just like, whoa. Dastardly things you can do. <clears throat> well, then premarital sex with somebody who you're going to marry anyway is fine. Um, which is like, I, that's the thing about like purity culture. And we haven't talked about purity culture yet in the podcast, oh, but God. we need to. Yeah. Um, is that it forces teenagers to think for loopholes. Because it's already, mm. Scott and I have talked about how like, Teenage boys are just jerk off gremlins. Like <laughs> Yeah. Basically. And yeah. so and so they're looking for what it's already a loophole mindset, and now you're just giving them a book of rules and daring them to find the loophole. And they do. And Yeah, it that's exactly what it is that you create uh people just try to justify their their desires and their behaviors in some kind of biblical fashion and i'll either twist verses and say i can do i can go all the way up to this point and it's still not considered sex you know yeah. and then you can just make sex one specific act or one specific thing you know it, yeah. it's p to v and that's it but i can get handies or i can get you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever <laughs> but uh if i don't come it's not masturbation oh. <laughs> oh my gosh i think i would love to do a purity culture episode but at the same time I don't know how we're going to get through it with all the jokes. It would be <laughs> Oh yeah, y'all listener, you <laughs> think it's bad now. Yeah. You think you think this <laughs> A whole you, hour devoted to you it. You think this episode's <laughs> rough right now. Holy shit. Woo! So yeah, so men are supposed to love their wives as much as their own body. Yep. Again, it's all centered upon the man in this verse. It's yeah. not love your wife for she is a creation of God and an image of God herself. Notice it doesn't say no. that. It doesn't say Woman was created, and that's actually the that's the context of woman too. Is that she comes from man? Yeah, that she is not the full image of God necessarily. Um, and people are probably gonna hate that take, but Genesis and the story, it's Adam is supposed to be like the spitting image of God, what God would look like essentially. Like yeah. as a he made form, man but. in his own image. Yeah, and then woman was to come and be a helper or a servant to the man to help him in his journey of whatever he's got to do, just dicking around the earth, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And now I sentence you, man. Go. Hang out. Eat some fruits and veggies. So, who knows? This is a wild thought. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Before the fall... Could Adam have jerked off? Oh, that's a great question. I well, fundamentalist side brain, mm. no. Just the just the thought of even. Well, it depends on if he's lusting in his heart. I think that's where it comes down to. Because if if he's just changing the oil, <laughs> <laughs> he's just emptying the trumpet valve, the spit valve. Oh my. <laughs> Gosh, this is so <laughs> gross. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, 
I took a good chunk of like <laughs> Jewish history courses never in covered. college, and we never talked about masturbation. So <laughs> I don't have a good idea of the Jewish, uh, Judeo-Christian values centered around masturbation. Not really airtight on that one, but uh, I know you weren't allowed to. Well, there is a passage in Genesis where uh, I can't remember who it's. But he spills, it says he spilled his seed upon the floor so he doesn't get uh, his servant, I think servant or wife, pregnant. And that's not looked down upon, but it's also not (laughs) glorified. So I think we're safe if you technically, this is such a gross conversation. (laughs) (laughs) From a technical perspective of the Bible, I think it comes down to they don't really care and they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> said, said every listener right now. <laughs> Move on. Exactly. Um, oh, my God. So this mystery is profound. Verse 32. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church, saying that Christ and the church will become one flesh. Um, to sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife is to respect her husband. So all he's looking for is a little bit of respect. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of respect. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. Um, <laughs> it's a wild verse. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that at no point is it saying, love your wife because she is a creation of God. And love your wife because you love her. How about yeah. that? And that's a, the thing is, I I have heard this preached upon in more, I wouldn't say progressive churches, but churches that are trying to be a little bit more with it, be a little bit more modern. Yeah. And I can tell that's what they want to say. That really, that's the point they're trying to make anyway, is that love your wife because she's, first of all, a human being, and she that demands respect in itself. And two, because if you love this person, then that's the kind of the definition of love is to uh, give and take in that relationship. So people try to make this verse fit that bigger context anyway. And that's why I'm always like, why do we even need this? Yeah. Like, why why force this upon people when there's already a, a greater and I would say better virtue that we all kind of agreed to in modern times of. We should just treat each other equally and with respect. And First John does a much boom. better job talking about love than Ephesians, because yeah. First John talks about love being like, what greater light, what greater version of love is this that a man would lay down his life for his brothers? Yeah, you know that is a much better like to love someone is to, is to sacrifice for them. Yeah, but here in Ephesians, Absolutely. he's <laughs> like, well, sacrifice for someone so that way you look good. Yeah. I keep just thinking about that point of how yeah, we're men are likened to the perfect God of everything. And women are, are likened to essentially sinners, yep. the church that can't get their act together and you got to whip them into shape. I mean, it's such a narrative that it's being p- pressed upon people. And we've had um, zero problems with men being the head of everything. Yeah. <laughs> no problems. I can think not one war. Not- I don't think was started by a man. Yeah. Nope. Not Can't one. think of one. I always remember people arguing, like, I think even I've had family members say this, like, well, you don't want, like, a woman for president because they'd be too emotional and they'd probably set off the nuclear you know, launch. Because I'm like, 
wasn't every war started by a man <laughs> because they had like either, you know, small dick syndrome or they got their feelings hurt. Like at no point was it like, Oh, men were having a cool, you know, collected <laughs> conversations for m- millennia. You no, know, I think we're at the end of <laughs> this. We should go to war. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I, um, yeah, Ephesians 5, I honestly haven't looked at this verse in a hot, hot second, and it feels yucky yep. once again to read through. I think, um, I think the, the fun part is the uh, defense of Ephesians 5.22. It's like, why submit to your husband? Yeah. It's like, well, there's a lot more instructions for men. And then you look at the instructions for men. It's like, ooh, this is greasy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Women, submit everything you have to your man. And don't uh, ever think for yourself. Men, have a good time. <laughs> and make sure your wife looks hot. Make sure your wife looks hot. <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to be like, hey, he's married to a not-hot wife. <laughs> Did you ever have pastors i would introduce like their wife my like, smoking my hot wife, hot wife. <sighs> what's that about like what do you think that grandstanding is in church now that you're married you can say that yep that's exactly like you've arrived you are you're now the ideal model family in uh the mm. the uh the heading for this whole chapter is in instructions for christian households in mine um, hmm. but you have the ability to do that. There's that famous like NASCAR prayer. <laughs> the guy goes like, "What <laughs> yes. I want to thank you for these Dodges and the Toyotas and the Fords <laughs> and my smoking hot wife." I I actually really enjoy that brand of Christian. Like when people are so removed from the Bible that they just kind of use it as a. Like they're they're gonna pray for like V eight engines before they. <laughs> I don't know. There's something somewhat wholesome about that guy. Oh yeah, but, but it's to me it's like the objectifying of women of like she's you know, like my beautiful wife. Even if it seems like nice on the surface yeah. of like I got my gorgeous you know beautiful wife, and all you're just doing is presenting that as a as an object of like well this is just something that is my play thing that I have at home. Yeah. That's good to look at some little, you know, arm candy. Take a look at my pew um, candy over there. Pew candy. <laughs> that would be my drag <laughs> name. Actually. Pew candy. Found it. <laughs> Fair um, but yeah, it, to me, it's just that context of like pastors, um, projecting their own insecurities of like, why well, I, I got to show that I'm like a man. And so I've got to, I got to be the head of household and I got to make sure I have a hot wife at home yep. that listens to me. And as a man, um, I can be saucy and, you know, be a little, oh. be a little bit gross. Cause men are gross. Yeah. Did you ever read wild yeah. at heart? I think I put it down. I think I had, <laughs> I think I had it in like high school and I know, I think my dad really likes that book. And so I There's think I was like, I'll give it a shot. Book. Where the guy remember. just talks about how men invented everything. Oh, and I was going through it with like this guy I was discipling. And nice. I was we both looked at each other, we were like, Well, that's not true. <laughs> like <laughs> And so we from then on we were like, We're gonna finish this book. But this is more of a critical thinking 
discipleship than anything else at this point. It's it's like what we talked about, I think, last episode, like how people are saying, well, like, we thank the Catholic Church for health care. And it's being disingenuous because it's the same thing. It's like, well, men invented everything. It's like, yeah, because for the longest time, women weren't allowed in any spaces to even try to do anything. Yeah. So it's like you can't compare today to, well, look at all these men inventors in the past. It, it's, it doesn't work because we've erased and, and shoved people out of spaces where they're able to do such things like create and have instead of just rearing children at home. So I, I don't get, yeah, wild at heart of like, see, that's why men are like better than in every possible facet of society, blah, 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 blah. Men suck there. Yep. I said yep. it. <laughs> yeah. So that's our official take on the Unblessed Podcast. Yeah. Men are not, get not out, great. Men. We're disgusting. I don't know why women want us. So honestly, I think about that a lot. Yep. Like men are the worst salesmen for men. When you think about it, women are better salesmen <laughs> for men than men are. <laughs> like, we can, we can't we can't we can't hustle our own product. No, most men look good because a woman helped them. Yeah. that's just a fact. <laughs> and if it wasn't woman, it was a gay man. Exactly. <laughs> like it's the feminine energy that we need. Masculine energy is just gross. It's, it's when it's basically masculine energy is when whenever me and Evan go down the rabbit hole <laughs> about masturbation jokes. That is what masculine energy will give the world. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Well, do you have any final thoughts on Ephesians five? Katie, are you listening? <laughs> 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 no. Um. This is just such a it's it's a passage I've heard oddly defended by so many women in Baptist churches more than any other passage. Um yeah. where it was like, well, you know, what about the rest of it? What about the rest of it? Mm. What about what about the rest of it? Well about all the verses that read, God gives much more instructions to men. I'm like, no. <laughs> I think like this is mm. the difference of saying, all right, I need you to clean the house and then spending an hour talking to Tommy about taking a bath. Mm. Like, who has yeah. who has more responsibility? Who has more things to do? The roles in a household or a marriage have just, they're always evolving. Yeah. And I think where we're at today... And I kind of touched on this earlier, but uh, we we have a what is it? What's the term? Egalitarian, like everything should be equal in a household. I think that's like the theological term, maybe. But egalitarian, um, another great another... drag name. Is it a great one? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> um, but we we want to have equal shared everything, but then we use. And apply verses like Ephesians five of, but at the end of the day, it's the man that needs to, yeah. you know, press the button. The, he's got to, he's got to take the wheel. And I don't get that. It's, it's the same argument for why, like, I know in my church is like why w- women couldn't be pastors, yeah. but they could teach, they could lead Bible studies, they could cook meals, they could serve in every other capacity. They could be on the worship team, blah 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 blah. But this can't be like the the face of the leadership essentially. Like that's what it came down to. I remember having a 
drawn out discussion in high school because um, somebody requested to be a worship leader that was a girl in high school. And immediately it was like, yeah, that's fine. You can lead a couple songs. But then our youth pastor was like, well, actually, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Like, we shouldn't be modeling that women are leading worship. Like, it, men should be in those leadership positions. And I remember, like, all the kids in the youth group were like, we don't really care. Like, she's great. <laughs> like, she's – and that's the whole problem. It's like you have people who are so gifted and talented that can lead because their talents allow them to, but because of these dated and hardline – roles that have to be assigned we, we go well you have to at the end of the day submit to a man and he's going to do the job like worse than you but you have to give him a shot because he's a guy yep. so that's just the way it goes so and from a numbers perspective like it doesn't even make sense because the amount of women in church out is outnumbers <laughs> the amount of men in church yes yeah and, there's more women going to church than men yeah yep I, well, it makes no go, sense go to any church and just do a head count it makes no sense and when I was working at churches, that was we had the same song and dance. Thanks, Baptists. That's the way it is in the Baptist church is that you can have a woman do everything behind the scenes, but if their face is on the website, it can't say pastor. It has to be like minister or like you – maybe like – or just uh, leader. Yeah. You know, I don't think it would be leader. It had to be like uh, – Executive God, assistant. Leader. Secretary. <laughs> yeah. But you could lead the whole child care division – yeah, but you're not the leader. You're not the pastor. Not at not at our uh, church and college. Our child care, our children's ministry minister was a man, and had to be. Every really? pastoral position had to be filled by a man. That's so strange. Now the teachers, the volunteers. Yeah, I think that's where that's where the rubber met the road. Was it? Were you getting paid to do it? <sighs> Got to be a man. So the guy's sitting around in, in the church office all week, twiddling his thumbs, and then the people actually leading the curriculum and doing all the hard work yeah. don't, yeah, don't get the credit or the or the pay. It's yeah. it's ass backwards, I tell you. Yeah. Well, let's shut this verse. I'm tired of looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What's on your uh, radar? What what you? Uh, what's cooking over there, Evan? Speaking of man, um, here's a man right here. <laughs> Extra, extra, man. Um, I went and saw Oppenheimer in the seventy nice. millimeter uh, Very IMAX. Manly. Yep. <laughs> um, it was incredible. Uh, Killian Murphy is amazing. Robert Downey Jr.'s best role I've ever seen him in. Um, Matt Damon wow. plays a wonderful douchebag. Um. Emily Blunt was great. Florence Pugh was great. Um, Josh Peck was there and was good. Wow. Was there. <laughs> I mean, he's probably got like five minutes of total screen time oh when it comes gosh. down to it. But you are like, you do see it, and you're like, that's Josh Peck. Uh, Rami Malek's eyes, as always, do the acting for him. Because he just has... Do they explode in... At the end of the movie with the bomb, like they just pop up, like Indiana Jones. Oh, Robbie Malek's eyes? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I thought they did a – this is a is obviously a story that is that needs to be taken care of when you tell it. Um, yeah. 
there are, are a lot of sensitivities around it. And I think Christopher Nolan did an amazing job. Um, not, not really spoiling anything, but like uh, when it's after the bomb went off and everything like that, and after they drop it, and Oppenheimer gets up and he's spoiler, yeah, yeah geez, thanks for ruining the ending. <laughs> Oppenheimer gets up and he's just like, I just wish we had it, you know, in time for the Germans to drop it on Hitler, because that was the whole goal was to drop it on Hitler, mm-hmm. drop it on the Germans, and he's walking yeah. away. And I appreciate that they did this. Um, he sees flashes of people getting melted away by the bomb. But they're white Americans, is how he sees mm. them. Um, mm. Because that's what he would have like. He's just seeing the people around him. Um, mm. And so, and I think that does a good job of not otherizing the subject, it's not distancing sure. the subject from you. Um, yeah. And so, as always, Christopher Nolan, amazing job. Um, I walked out of that movie and um, made probably one of the dumbest comments I've ever made in my entire life. But I hang my hat on it. I said, boy, Iron Man 4 was pretty weird. I hope everybody in, like, a one-mile radius rolled their eyes and tried to throw a shoe at you at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not allowed back in that theater. Thank God. So, uh, Scott, cinema. Scott, what what do you what do you plug in? I also saw a fantastic <laughs> Nolan level movie last night, featuring Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget her name, but she was in ER, and the dad from Growing Pains, I think. Kirk Cameron? You know, th- no, the dad. Okay. I don't remember his name. I don't remember anyone's name. I just know Vanilla Ice is the main character. That should say enough about the movie that Vanilla Ice is the main character <laughs> of the movie. Um, it's called Cool as Ice. And it's an hour and ten minutes of basically Vanilla Ice. Uh, you know how like cologne commercials are? Like it's just like a guy like staying in the middle of like a desert and kind of like panning around and just puttering about all hot like that's most of the movie it's just vanilla <laughs> ice just kind of walking about with a bunch of clothes on i will spare all the details but to sum it up it's vanilla ice is in a motorcycle gang like like ninja bikes you know uh and he comes into a small town and it's really like footloose uh where he meets like a true just damsel that is uh too guarded by her parents and he opens her up to the world of vanilla ice and hip hop. Oh, so this is a little bit more like dirty dancing. Oh, sorry. Dirty dancing, dancing, but (laughs) vanilla ice. Yeah. It's like, it's exactly like the Elvis movie, like same quality, (laughs) but with vanilla ice, I will say though, it's kind of fun. The it's very colorful. The music is perfect, but the acting He's carried by everybody else in the movie. And even then, everybody else isn't doing a whole lot of carrying. No, not really. But uh, I had fun. I had more fun than I thought I would. So cool as ice. That's the summer blockbuster 2023 here at the Moran. So that's all I got. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You can follow us on TikTok, on Threads, on Twitter, on YouTube, at Pod. You can email us at unblissedpodcast at gmail.com. 
But without further ado, uh, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close that Bible now.